a seat. So excited to see you here as we worship together. Just want to wish you a happy 4th of July weekend with the 4th coming up this week. Hopefully you've got plans to cook out, spend time with family. And so, so glad you're here today. We're excited to be able to worship. My name is Zach. I'm the lead pastor here at Airline. We know, I know I have a few visitors here. Um, if you're visiting with us, we'd love for you to fill out that connection card. We have a gift for you right outside in the foyer. We'd love to connect with you right after worship. And so I just want to share something real quick with you. This has kind of been on my heart this week. Um, just kind of been thinking and praying through um, this weekend and our worship time together. This is a rather familiar text from Psalm 46. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way. Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The thing I love about Sunday morning worship is this, that yes, I love our corporate time together, that we get to gather together as an individual congregation and worship. But what's really special about Sunday morning worship is that really we're taking part in an orchestra that's already been playing since last night. The last night in the, in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, churches began to gather 
for worship. And that as Sunday morning rolled around, nation after nation, some of these churches meeting in public, some of these churches meeting in private in people's homes, were gathering together to worship the God of the universe. And so what do we get to do today? We get to play our part in the worship of the God of the universe. And so as we sing together, let's sing out and praise the God of creation. And as Taylor comes to preach the word in just a few moments, let's worship and take part in that small piece of the orchestra that we play in the worship of God. Let's pray. Father God, we give you this day. Would you be honored and glorified? We love you. We praise you. God, help us to play our part in worshiping you. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand as we worship. Amen. Let's sing together.
amen to that. Amen. God's done great things. Before we sing this next song, I've got to tell y'all a little story. We got time for a little story. It's been about, it was earlier this year, I came into church uh, one morning during the week. And when I came in, y'all, there was a great big, about a 25-foot yacht <laughs> parked over here in the parking lot. Okay? Get the picture. In front of the yacht, about 10 feet, 15 feet in front of the yacht, was this six-point buck deer laying in the parking lot. And I'm, <laughs> I got out of the truck, and I'm like, there's a story here. I looked at it, and I waited. I said, well, somebody surely will call and tell me what's going on. There was evidence out there that something had happened. I didn't have a clue what it was. It was like the next day before we really found out the whole story. And the thing is, they weren't connected. <laughs> but the evidence was very confusing seeing that. I can tell you this morning, I've got evidence in my life that clearly lets me know that Jesus is alive. He conquered death in the grave. He's in heaven. He hears my prayers. He answers my prayers. And there's so many things in my life that I can look back on personally. And, I, and I'm looking at a lot of faces of folks today who can do the same thing. The evidence of God's presence in your life is so real and so strong. It points to a, a God who truly loves his children. The evidence is all around us every day. I love that. Sometimes we may not trust what we can see, but we know in our heart the things that Jesus has done for us. He's proved his faithfulness over and over and over and over again. Amen. Sing this, sing this song with me. All throughout my history Your faithfulness has walked beside me The winter storms make way for spring In every season from
Above all things, we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.
Good morning, church. Good morning. I think you see where we're going to be this morning, so go ahead and go on over to Joshua in your Bible. It is always a privilege to, to stand and, and preach before you and, and speak God's Word and talk about God's Word. It's always a, a wonderful thing when we're able to do that and to, to just look into and dive into God's Word together and to worship Him. Uh, this is, and I believe Pastor Zach has talked about this, this is the most important thing we will do today is to look into His Word. It's not about me. Um, it's never about Zach or whoever it is that stands here. Uh, yet not I, but through Christ in me that we, we worship Him in our reading and our study and our uh, understanding of God's Word. I do want to just take a, a personal moment and to tell many of you thank you uh, for your prayers and uh, for your calls and texts and checking in on us over these last few weeks. Um, most of you know I had a little medical deal come up a few weeks ago. Um, spent some time in the hospital, uh, but God is good and God has restored and has brought me here. Uh, that is the evidence this morning of a, of a good God that's not done with me when he very well could be done with me whenever he wants to be. Um, I've certainly given him reason, amen? We all have to not use us any longer, but he continues to, uh, to use us for his good pleasure. So let's read this morning, Joshua 1. 1 through 9, now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of Yahweh, that Yahweh spoke to jo Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' attendant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. So now arise, cross the Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I have been with Moses. I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land which I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous to be careful to do according all that the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn aside from it to the right or to the left, so that you may be prosperous wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way successful, and then you will be prosperous. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be in dread or be dismayed, for Yahweh your God is with you wherever you go. Father, this morning, we thank you that you are with us wherever we go. 
as we are here this morning and we look into your word, speak to us through your word. Let us know more about you this morning. Let us know more about how we are to live because of how holy and righteous and good and faithful you are. Let us turn from whatever sin may be in our life, Father, confess that to you so that we may live this life in a clean and holy way to serve you and to reach others. God, give us strength for each moment of each day. God, we are weak. Scripture says even when we are weak, you are strong, but we are, we are always weak compared to you, and we need you more and more with each step. Give us wisdom, wisdom that can, can give us good decision-making, can help us raise our children, that can help us lead in our, in our places where we work and where we attend school. God, let us be wise. Let us do as you have commanded us. Give us eyes to, to see this morning and ears to hear, open minds to receive your word, hearts that are, that are ready to make any changes in our life as you prompt us through your word. God, we love you and we praise you. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Moses has died. We got that, right? The first verse. Moses has died, the great leader of the Israelites, the one who has brought these people out of, out of bondage, out of suffering. He has brought them so far from the hands of Pharaoh. He has passed away. Deuteronomy 34 tells us that the people mourned for 30 days, and once that, once that had passed, once those 30 days had passed, the mourning ended. It was time to move on. I'm sure they wondered, who's going to lead us into this promised land? They may have been afraid of what was to come. They may have feared uh, the next steps. Maybe they talked among themselves about who the next leader was to be. As we get into this first chapter of Joshua this morning, let's pray specifically while we're listening and while we're reading to be reminded of the character of God this morning. As we're looking at a story and a book with the name Joshua on it, let's be reminded of who God is. Now focus so much on the character, the person of Joshua, but focus on the character of God. We often think about things on, earthly, on an earthly human level, but the God of the Bible has set the course of man in a unique and wonderful way beyond what we can think, what we can comprehend, what we can understand. So let's explore three main things this morning. The people God uses, the power that God displays, and the promise that God always keeps. When we read this passage in its, in its narrative form, it can be shocking if, if we were reading a book or watching a movie and one of the main character dies, the story is going to be altered. It's changed. It always is when a main character is removed from the scene. But here, as we keep reading in Joshua, Moses may have died, but the mission carries on. 
Yes, there's 30 days of mourning. God lets us get that out of our system. And then he says, it's time to get up. What's he tell Joshua? Get up. So now arise. It's time to go. In, in Joshua, we learn that Moses is only as important as God's story needs him to be. He was a great leader. He was one who was obedient to God. But when his time had come, it was time for God to continue on carrying on the mission, even though he had passed away. Moses was obedient, and he did as the Lord had commanded. But his days were numbered, and so the mission carries on. This narrative belongs to the Lord. This is his. This is not Joshua's story. This is not Moses' story. This is the Lord's story. He directs the path. He is holding all things together. So the people that God uses in leadership, as significant as they may be when we're reading along and we're seeing these different names are only part of God's larger purpose. When they are gone, it continues on. When we are gone, when we pass away, God's purpose and mission still remains. Our role is to only be obedient and be used up to the last ounce for His glory. To be used up for His glory. And then we go home. Amen? We go home. What greater words could have been spoken, uh, could be spoken of us than were written of Moses? Moses, my servant. Moses, my servant. I can't be Moses. I can't be Joshua. I can't be Pastor Zach. And I can't be any of you. But what I can be is God's servant. And what you can be is God's servant. Do you know, I talk to our students about this all the time because I want them to understand who they are in Christ. That you, you are, regardless of your age, from the youngest to the oldest in the room, you are specifically created for a specific purpose on this earth that God has given you. Do you know that? He has created you with purpose. He has created you for something even greater than yourself. And it's only us to be obedient that God will use us in that role. We can be his servants. Man, I want to be God's servant and be used up to the last ounce. So what is your purpose inside of God's greater mission? Well, we could talk about a number of different ways that, that you could be used for God's greater purpose. In insurance, we talk about something called a circle of influence. And these are, these are people we know. It could be friends, uh, family, a, a neighbor, a co-worker, or just people in, inside of your, your influential group. These are people that God has placed in front of you. We probably aren't going to lead the masses across the river like Joshua will soon do. We're probably not going to lead anyone into battle. We're probably not going to do anything that great ever. But we can share the love of Christ. We can be obedient 
to God's word. We can learn, we can study, we can pray. We can raise our children to honor the Lord. As, I, as my kids are getting older, I'm finding that that is my greatest purpose. It's not to stand here, it's not to be a student pastor, it is in my home where God has created me to be on mission and on purpose for Him, to raise my children and to lead my wife into knowing more and more about who He is and how we are to react to His character. We can go into our community, we can bring light and healing to a place that is dark and hurting. To be a person that God uses, we simply need to be available and obey. The power of God will take care of everything else. It will take care of everything else. And God's greater purpose for the Israelites, they are to cross the Jordan and begin possessing the land that God has promised to them all the way back in Genesis 12. Now that's, that's a long time to keep a promise, but we'll get to that here in a moment. How, how can this people expect to accomplish such a great task? How, how is it that this people are going to cross over and to take these lands where there's already people there? How are they going to do this? Are they equipped for this undertaking? Do they have the tools necessary to accomplish the mission? They will surely encounter danger along the way. We know this already. We know that they're going to fight battles. Maybe they don't know that. I would assume they did, but are they prepared to fight? Do they know how to fight? In the moment, in the moment these things may have been on the minds of the Israelites, but this, these these things that we think of are not important to God's mission. What we see here in what, is God, what God is telling Joshua and what we see through his book is the power of God on display. Let's look back at verses 3 through, three through 5. This is God talking. Yahweh, the Lord, every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. It doesn't say anything in these passages about Joshua's ability to lead Joshua's ability to be a great uh, military strategist. It doesn't say anything about the Israelites' fighting abilities. It doesn't tell us that they are ready to go to battle. What it does say is that through God's power, He has enabled Joshua and the Israelites to succeed. Only through God's power. If they had went out and went on their own, they would surely met destruction. It is through God's power. God is working all things together. He has not, will not lose sight of His mission. It is His mission. He, in His power alone, works all of these things out. I love verse 5. Let's read again. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. 
just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Listen, we, we cannot claim all of these, this entire promise for ourselves. What we see here and what we see throughout the Old Testament, we can't claim these promises. Don't start putting your name in Scripture where it doesn't belong. But the character of God is on display in this passage, and that's where the focus needs to be. Not on how we can make this verse about us, but what we can learn about Him. The whole thing is about Him. So what do we take away? Over all these many years, when God first gave the promise until the days of Joshua, God didn't forget what He had said. He did not forget what he had said. Moreover, the beauty of verse 5 is in God's divine protection of Joshua. It is, it is the everlasting promise that God is always with his people. Whatever joy, sadness, good times or bad, whatever tears or laughter, whatever suffering or death, Whatever tragedy or rejoicing, whatever it is that we may experience in life, He is with us. That's our takeaway. The God of Joshua is with us. If He can do all of the things that He did in Joshua, can't, can't He still be with us and walk with us? Isn't he strong enough to do that? Isn't his power good enough to do that? Is he, we ran out, of, our power went out last week. Does his power go out? His power doesn't go out. Lightning's not going to strike his power and it suddenly stop. His power is everlasting and continues on. There's three things we need to take a look at here, here at the last few verses. Three statements. These be strong and courageous statements that God gives to Joshua. They all have a qualifying statement. The first one is commanding strength and fortitude. Much like what we see in Ephesians 6, stand firm on the truth of the gospel. Defend the faith. The second is commanding Joshua to be true to the law. He, over and over again, God has commanded those in leadership to, to follow the law, follow the Scripture. We see it over and over and over again throughout Scripture. And we also see this king did what was evil in the eyes of the Lord. This king, for generations, just continuing on, and then we'll see one. This guy opened up the scrolls, finally obeyed, finally read, finally listened to do what was in the law. Like Joshua, we must be people of the Word. We must be people of the Word. We must live and read and live by the Scriptures. Zach and I had a lunch meeting earlier this week. and. We talked about 
a desire to be even more biblical in everything that we do. I told him, I said, I want you to help me in, in my life as a student pastor and a dad and a husband. I want help me be more biblical. Help me be more biblical. Help me understand the scriptures more and find that application that God has got for us in our life. We need to be more biblical. We need to understand the scriptures. We need to follow the example of Joshua to read the Bible. So he tells him to read the law, to understand it, to lead that way. We need to talk about what the Bible says and be obedient to the word. And then the third time the Lord commands it, that Joshua not be afraid. He says this, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be in dread or be dismayed, for Yahweh your God is with you wherever you go. If we are to keep up the fight for faith, fear must take a back seat to the peace of God. Several weeks back, we talked about at the beginning the, the prayers and, and the, the reaching out to me, and I appreciate that. I thank you for that so much. But during that time when I was in the hospital and just experiencing different things that didn't feel normal and seem right, there were moments when I was very afraid. I'd, I'd had a stroke, and I was very afraid that I was getting ready to have another stroke. You just don't know, you don't know what's going to happen when something abnormal happens in your life. And I, I was very afraid, and I was, I was almost to the point of being overcome with, with anxiety and just worry. It was in those moments that I was convicted about my faith. As I, as I laid there, and I would get up, and I would lay down, and I'd get up, and I'd lay down, and I was trying to shake it off, trying to walk up and down the hallways and, and get rid of uh, this uneasiness in my life. I was convicted about my faith. So I just began to pray. And I really had no intentions of, of doing this when I started praying, but I, I began to confess sins in my life. Just out loud. Nurses probably walking up down the hallway like, what is this guy doing? He, he is crazy. I just began to confess my sins and my complete need for God. And the fears began to turn to peace. And that's an, that's an amazing, wonderful thing that we have no ability to do on our own. No ability to do our own. Pride and selfishness can destroy us in, our, in moments of weakness and fear and not being humble enough to cry out to the Lord, to be humble. Repenting of sin is so healthy for the entire body, soul, and mind just to be able to get rid of it. 
to cast it off, to get, to get it off of your mind and off your heart and the depression that sin carries on you. Regular confession of sin leads to complete faith in Christ. You know, we can, we can do many things on our own. We can walk, we can talk, we can cut the grass, but we can't forgive our sins. We need a, we need a mighty God to do that. And we have that mighty God. Have faith in God. Let's pray. Father, please take these words and these moments that we've shared together to help us realize that we need complete faith in you that we must confess sin, that we must confess our need for you, that we must rely on you, that we must read, we must study. You've given it to us to know it and to live it. And we see this in, in Joshua. You are, you are telling him, do these things, study, read, know the law, have no fear, for I am with you. God, we trust you and, and love you this morning. We want to be faithful. We want to be holy. We want to be righteous. We want to be in good communion with you, walk with you daily. So, God, give us strength to do that. We love you. It's in your name. Amen. Let's stand. Where are you today? As I was going through this and reading this, I, I just, I, I thought about these things. Are you trusting in a God who uses people for a greater purpose? Are you trusting in a God of great power? Are you trusting in a God who always keeps his promises? Or are you trusting in yourself? Pastor Zach and Clint and myself will be down here to pray with you. Maybe you need to confess some sin today. I just wonder if we do that enough. Maybe you need to know Christ this morning? Are you in Christ? Is He in you? Maybe you just need to join in with this fellowship of local believers here at this local church this morning. Whatever it may be, would you do it now?
you, Taylor, for preaching the word this morning. And so I appreciate him stepping up and preaching. He was originally scheduled to preach last weekend, uh, but then, of course, as you heard, he had some health complications. Uh, and so we decided to bump it back and him preach this Sunday. I invite you to be back next Sunday while we'll be starting a new series. Um, and it'll be a few weeks long. And we're going to be asking the question, what is the gospel? And so I invite you to be back next week as we start that series. Um, you can see a few announcements there in your bulletin. I encourage you to check that out. And so coming up this Wednesday, we'll have no midweek activities. No folks are traveling in and out of town. Got stuff going on with families. And so no Wednesday night activities this Wednesday. But then starting the following Wednesday, we're going to be having our Wednesday Connects. And so basically, we're going to be the church leaving the campus and going out into the community. And so I appreciate everybody who came this past Wednesday night. We had a great time of fellowship. But really, that focus was inside the church. Inside the church, We wanted to fellowship together, have a great time together. The focus for these coming Wednesdays are going to be outside of the church. And so we want to get out into the community, have conversations, get to know folks, spend some time outside the doors of the church, just spending time building relationships outside of the community. And so be on the lookout for more details on those coming up. And then as well, is it too early to start talking about Christmas? No, it's not too early. It's never too early to start talking about Christmas. Uh, you can see there in your bulletin, we're going to be having a Christmas in July pancake breakfast fundraiser for Operation Christmas Child. And so do we have the slide for that, Rick? Oh, it's up there. July 22nd. Okay. What, what time? Is it in the bulletin? 8? 8 to 11? Okay, so crafts or baked goods that you want to donate, they would be much appreciated. So it's not too early to start talking about Christmas and Operation Christmas Child. Again, love you so much for being here. Great word this morning. Be strong and courageous. God knew the days ahead would require strength and courage. It would not be easy. But God knew his promise that he would be with Joshua. So let's remember God's presence and his powers, we go out this week. Let's pray together. Father God, we love you. We praise you. Would you be with us this week? Remind us of your goodness. Remind us of your power and your might and your majesty as we go out into the world that you have called us to go make disciples. We love you. We praise you. We pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen.